funny story. A couple weeks ago on the MSD Substack, the uh, the MSD Extra Substack, I had written about a little bit of just an editorial on the new tin equities out on the market, and uh, it got it, it got some reviews. Some loved, some not so loved. But I got to admit, the first phone call I got just a few minutes after publishing that Substack was from my buddy Chris Donaldson, who's now the chairman of Tin One Resources. Uh, Tin One uh, trades on the Toronto Venture Exchange, I believe, uh, with the symbol TORC. Chris is here. Uh, thanks for thanks for putting up with that. That Substack. <laughs> hey, Trevor. Thanks for having me here. It wasn't anything personal. No, I took it personally though. So <laughs> hence I called you within two minutes. Well, is it, you know, this is a—it's obviously a a, a a new play uh, behind the move in the metal of tin. In fact, tin is really just probably the outperformer in all of the metals. In fact, we have our own panel of tin experts. I believe you are on it. Uh, I am. Well, there's—I mean, there's there's three companies here, which is a, a third of all the uh, junior. Uh, tin companies out there. It's a very small market. But, right. Uh, well, it is very small and, and an incredibly high demand, obviously, and the price of the metal reflects reflects that, the supply-demand fundamentals. Yeah, I mean, I, I, as you know, I, I've been talking copper for, for many, many years and everybody and talks gold, about a little, a little bit gold. of gold, but, you know, <laughs> we always talk about this supply um, and demand imbalance that was coming, was coming, and, and in the tin market, it's um, happened for the last couple of years and, and uh, really uh, two years ago it broke out from a range of 15 to 20,000 a ton and two months ago popped to an all-time high of over 50,000 a ton um, and that really got people's attention so it uh, you know at the risk of sounding like the Doseki man I, I think it's the the most interesting uh, <laughs> metal out there right now it's it's a very small market um, you don't get the big players like the BHPs building 50 hundred year mines um, they're generally relatively small mines with 10-year mine life and when tin runs it um, it gets attention and investment um, and when it doesn't run which it hadn't for maybe 10 years um, you know there, there was a lack of investment in the space and, and so what's happening right now is 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 kind of a classic supply demand issue the, the, you know, demand is coming from soldering which is over half the use of um, of tin and, and everything to do with electrification has you know some soldering and it's it's really the glue that holds together batteries and semiconductors um, and that's that's in, increasing right so um, and on the supply side it, it's actually quite quite interesting that 75% of it comes from Myanmar Indonesia China DRC and probably the the biggest effect is that China is withholding that uh, the, t the tin or using it for their own uh, use and not putting out to 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 others, and that's put the squeeze on the tin price. And uh, why we're here today with with, with uh, tin one. Yeah. So you know, let, let's open up that editorial a little bit, and, and I want to ask you a little bit more about just kind of timing here, right? I mean, listen, you've been involved in this industry for long enough to know, like. When unique metals go really hot, there's a scramble out of Vancouver to put projects together and yeah. put it onto the market. For sure. And and that happened in tin. Now, there, now, was it dozens of new equities put onto the market? No, because there's not that many tin projects to put together. So can you talk to me, walk me through uh, how you and the group put these projects together under one banner 
and and the really the timing of it all like you know why was it a scramble to get it done yeah so so i mean we have a couple of projects in tasmania and australia and a, a crew down there who assembled these you know four or five years ago um, just knowing they were good projects and, and uh, you know, we didn't have to pay a lot for them to, you know, they were kind of earnings and so forth and they just wanted them advanced eventually. Um, so it was held in a private company and TIN wasn't really doing much of anything. So we actually acquired a, a gold project um, and, and when we did our RTO at the beginning of the year, we listed on the gold project um, and kind of around the same time TIN, tin got hot. So we, you know, we had to do some work on, on one of our early early stage gold exploration projects that uh, um, we've done and now we're really focusing on the on the tin side so yes we're you know we're bringing it to to market when tin is at the right time but really this is something that we had seen and, and we're acquiring you know a number of years ago and so tell me about uh, the IPO and raising the money and really what it's going to go towards yeah um, we didn't uh, RTO and raised a little over five million bucks at uh, 25 cents. We're, we're trading today in and around that uh, now, um, and so so we've got we've got cash, um, and what you know, and we're drilling right. So so we finished off the drilling on our gold project. We've moved it to our, you know, we'll call it our flagship for right now. It's called Great Pyramid. We've got two uh, diamond drills going and one uh, RC drill. This is a project that was basically hadn't stopped advancing. In, in the 80s when the tin price fell under 5,000 a ton um, but it has a historic resource on it of about 10,000 tons of contained tin um, at surface and down to about 40 meters so we are uh, drilling to reconfirm what what you know the, the, the previous resource was on it and also um, to to go deeper than they had ever drilled before so down to about 150 meters the hope is that we can kind of get it to a point where it's 30 to 50,000 tons and that that that's a reasonable size project. Um, there's another uh, project in Australia that sold called Taronga uh, last year for, for just under $40 million, which would be fairly similar if we can get it to about that size. So that's sure. that's our that's ongoing right now. We've drilled about six of the 17 plant holes, hoping for first assays in the next couple of few weeks uh, to put out to the market. So we're really just getting going now. With the, the historical data, what was the grade like? So it was 0.2. Uh, percent tin and, and for those who don't really follow the tin market you can kind of equate it to what what happens in the copper space so kind of multiply everything by four so that would be about a 0.8 uh, this is that surface so it would likely be a, a an open pit miner so that's that's a pretty good grade uh, for that um, you know one thing I was was really just taken back with when I finally got to visit the properties in Australia about six weeks ago is just the access um, of uh, to get to the, the property so we're in an area that previously was forested it's still set aside for future uh, commercial production we can drive right up to site there, there are logging roads all around you don't need to get permits to to, to access them um, so it's really a, a pretty good place to, to be exploring okay very good um, and remind me again, how much you raised? Five million bucks. Yeah, and we have about you know, a little over five to raise. We have a three and a half uh, left in the bank that was last uh, reported, which is more than enough to get us through our our first uh, program here. Okay. Yeah. So you're trading in about a seven and a half million market cap. So you know, a little bit more of a premium than the cash in the bank right now. You know, really, what's it going to take to? Do you feel is going to take this to the next level? I mean, it's it's not 
too complicated, right? Uh, we, we really, we haven't marketed until the last few weeks. We wanted to, to get through our, our gold project. It's, right. it's tough being a tin company and then putting out gold assays. So, right. <laughs> so uh, you know, we're, we're here at the, at, uh, the Gold Mess Conference and, and uh, really doing our first tour and, and, and starting to do some interviews and so on. Um, but really, I think once we put out our, our first batch of results in the next few weeks, I, you know, that'll put us on the map, um, you know, by almost every... Uh, metric if you, if you compare us to, to other projects of the same size you know we should be quite a bit higher than where we're at um, so yeah so you know following the tin story for the last few months obviously the the bellwether it seems will always be alpha men right I mean that's a high grade yep. incredible deposit that they keep on mining and also adding on to the um, to the resource there in Congo but that's an anomaly, you know, these, from what I can tell, these tin deposits don't typically come in very high grade. Um, so beggars can't be choosers here in this market. Can, can, how, do, how are investors supposed to balance the, the optics of a lower grade tin deposits, but this also fundamental supply and demand behind the metal itself? Yeah, <clears throat> so it's a good point. I mean, we, we can talk about Alpha in a bit because it's it's certainly the one that's got a lot of attention. I think they're a billion and a half market yeah. cap. Um, before I get to the grade question, I'll, I'll just say that you know the the understanding is that they're they're going through a process right now, and they're in the DRC. Um, if they do sell, likely going to be to a Chinese entity, um, and that is good for other tin companies for, for a couple of reasons. One, um, the money, the, all, the, all investors or pretty much anybody who's invested in Alphamon has made some money. So hopefully that recirculates in the tin space. Second, it's likely going to the Chinese, which again, they would likely hoard and not put to the general market. So I, we actually see that as a positive and uh, we'll see what happens with that. On the grade side, um, it's a smaller deposit that we have so far. Uh, but I, we're in a past tin-producing district, so 45 minutes away is our second project called Aberfoyle. Aberfoyle has produced over 2 million uh, tons of, of, of ore historically at about 0.9% uh, tin. So that would be equivalent to, you know, say 4%. It's an underground operation there. All the infrastructure is in, in place. Um, so to get to your question, how do you equate it? You know, we're in a good area that has produced tin. There's a, um, another company in Tasmania that's also producing tin um, at sizes I think we can, you know, and grades that I think we can get to as well. Okay, very good. Um, do you have any concern fundamentally about the supply of tin now that the world is opening up more and more? The supply that that will get uh, additional supply coming on, right? Yeah, Which could have a you know object. Push down in the price. Yeah, I mean, to some degree. I mean, I mean, a lot of what what's caused the squeezes was uh, shutdowns in at um, processing plants and so forth in in Asia. Uh, last year, though, the there was actually a um, it, it increased the supply increased, and you're still seeing a shortfall. So there's not enough to make up the the, the current deficit that that's out there. So. Yeah, to some degree, degree on on the supply side, it, it's certainly going to catch up a bit. Um, there'll still be a shortfall, uh, the, but I do see the demand um, is increasing. Anything electric is is increasing, and and so that will more than offset any additional supply that comes on. Uh, and we've used this um, this phrase a few, probably more times than we probably should on the podcast the last few weeks. But 
a lot of times the market is telling you how fast or how slow to put money to work here in exploration. Um, you know, the tin market's a little bit different of a beast than the rest of the market right now. Yeah. So, but, you know, if we use that metaphor, what is the market telling you right now? Well, I mean, the last month, I think any junior company is suddenly sharpened their pencils and, and so forth. So for us, um, it's a balancing act. You know, we, we have, uh, it's a challenge getting crews and drills and, and in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to have gaps and lose those. So um, we want to keep that, keep that going. We, we, we've got some money now, so we're okay with the, the program at hand. We balance it by trying to do as much RC drilling as we can, um, as opposed to the diamond drilling. It's just cheaper. Um, assays come quicker. So we're, we're scrambling to do as much of RC as we can before, mm. before the rains come, um, and, uh, and then balance that with, with uh, diamond drilling. And so that's, that's our great pyramid. The, the other way to, to, to balance kind of or holding in costs is is doing more of the pre-drill work. So on our, our other property, we're, we're doing um, a lot more soils than we had planned, and, and are really going to map it up to map it out to do uh, to make sure that we have the best possible targets and and and, and aren't doing any wildcat drilling. Yeah, you're going to spend a lot of time in Australia. Well, at least yeah, but I haven't been there in two years because they've been shut down. So <laughs> if you average it out over the next five years, I, I, it'll, it'll be okay. But. Have you talked to the wife and kids about moving down under yet? Like, yeah, <laughs> it didn't go well. <laughs> okay, all right, Chris, good to talk to you. Thanks for that introduction into Tin One. Again, trading on the TSX venture with the symbol T O R C. Um, drilling assays to come. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. All right, everybody. We'll be right back with more from the German Gold Show. Thanks, Drew.